This podcast was first broadcast on Fresh FM, the top of the South community access radio station. For more information on Fresh FM, as well as links to other great local podcasts, go on our website freshfm.net or download the accessmedia.nz app. Lift every voice and sing Till earth and heaven ring Kiora Fano Pomarie You're listening to Fresh FM and it is show number five of Lift Every Voice and Sing Songs of Protest Songs of Freedom Well, we made it, didn't we? Two weeks into 2022 The Christmas New Year alcoholic haze is behind us We can look forward to fitness and health to learning to live with COVID, to our booster shots. Lift Every Voice in Sing is going to get serious for the next few shows because we will be dealing with the fight for black civil rights in America. Yes, that's America spelled with three Ks. This struggle has had profound effects on all of us, black and white, and the liberation movements in the rest of the world. More of them in later episodes. This show, number one in the series, will focus on the contribution that spirituals and hymns, blues and jazz, have made to the civil rights movement in the 1920s up to the 50s. Why civil rights? Why not just protest against racism? Civil rights includes the right to political and social freedom and equality. In everyday language, the term has come to mean the struggle against racism, prejudice, and bigotry. Before we get into the blues and jazz, let's start with a couple of spirituals. Not surprisingly, spirituals were an acceptable way that black people could witness and resist racism. Hence, the title of this show, Witness and Resistance. While avoiding some of the violence... We will start with our intro song, which has given this show its name. Often referred to as the Black National Anthem, Lift Every Voice and Sing, was a hymn written in a written as a poem by the future NAACP leader James Weldon Johnson in 1900. His brother, John Rosamond Johnson, composed the music for the lyrics. A choir of 500 schoolchildren at the segregated Stanton School in Jacksonville, Florida, where James Johnson was principal, first performed the song in public to celebrate Abraham Lincoln's birthday and to sponsor and to honor Booker T. Washington, a friend of Weldon's. Yes, it is a hymn of thanksgiving and faithfulness, but it's also a reminder of what black Americans had been through and would go through. God doesn't appear until the last verse, thankfully. At the beginning of the 20th century, Johnson's lyrics eloquently captured the solemn yet hopeful appeal for liberty of black Americans. It was later adopted by the NAACP and prominently used as a rallying cry during the civil rights movement in the 1950s and 60s. So here it is. Lift the full every voice and sing 
Till earth and heaven ring Ring with the harmony Of liberty Let our rejoicing rise High as the listening sky Let it resound Loud as a rolling sea Sing a song Full of the faith that the dark past has taught us Sing a song Full of the hope that the present has brought us Facing the rising sun Of a new day begun let us march on till victory is won. Sing a song full of the faith that the dark past has taught us. Sing a song full of the hope that the present has brought us. Facing the rising sun of a new day begun, let us march on till victory Beautiful, wasn't it? That was Lift Every Voice and Sing the Full Version by the Southern Sons, a vocal group in the 1940s. It's been recorded by many other, many, many other singers, including a notable version by Beyonce. Historical side note, the Brothers Johnson also wrote the popular song, Dim Bones, Dim Dry Bones. The lyrics for that song were inspired by Ezekiel 37, where the prophet Ezekiel visits the Valley of Dry Bones. Now, James Weldon Johnson was a complete Renaissance man, poet, songwriter, author, teacher, principal, lawyer, activist, leader of the NAACP, politician, and university professor. He became involved in civil rights activism, especially the campaign to pass the federal dire anti-lynching bill as southern states did not prosecute perpetrators. He was a speaker at the um, 1919 National Conference on Lynching, starting as a field secretary for the NAACP in 1917, Johnson rose to become one of the most successful officials in the organization. While working as a teacher, Johnson read law to prepare for the bar in, 19, in 1897. He was the first African-American admitted to the Florida bar exam, 
since the Reconstruction era began. In their 1925 book, The Book of American Negro Spirituals, Johnson and his brother John said that spirituals, which are purely and solely the creation of African Americans, represent America's only type of folk music, end quote. I think that may be disputable, but it's a good talking point. Let's have two more spirituals, starting with Slavery Chained and Broke at Last, from The Long Road, Music of the Civil War by Nunez and Nunez and Nelson. How could I forget that? Slavery chained and broke at last, broke at last, broke at last. Them slavery chained and broke at last. Gonna praise God till I die. Way up in that valley, just a praying on my knees. Telling God all about my troubles, yeah, and to help me if he please. Everybody say, everybody say, everybody say, way up in that valley, just a praying on my knees. Telling God all about my troubles, yes, and to help me if he flee. Everybody say, My head bowed down and my broken flesh and pain. Everybody say, Everybody say, everybody say, everybody say, there's no more weary traveling, cause my Jesus set me free, and there's no more auction block, since he gave me liberty. Everybody say Slavery chained and broke at last Broke at last Broke at last Slavery chained and broke at last Gonna praise God till I die Thank you. 
We just heard uh, two spirituals from the Civil War era. The first, Slavery Chain Done Broke at Last, was based on the tune of Joshua Fitty Battle of Jericho. The second spiritual broke my informal rule of playing original or close to original versions of songs. Yes, it was Bob live at the Gaslight from the Bootleg Series Volumes 1 to 3 with No More Auction Block. An internet blogger says that No More Auction Block is possibly the most influential and yet unrecognized song in American history. Its recorded origins predictably go back to the first black regiment started during the American Civil War. An early iteration of the song was sung as a marching song by those regiments. It's very likely that there were earlier versions, possibly sung in secret by slaves, but the Civil War is when the song first made it into recorded history. In the decades after the Civil War, as the black freedom struggle evolved, so did the song. Paul Robeson and Odetta both performed very moving versions. Why did I choose Bob then? I don't know. I, I liked his young his young voice. I did like his version. And he subsequently used that tune for Blowing in the Wind. I guess I was intrigued by the idea of Bob Dylan singing a traditional spiritual. You're listening to Fresh FM, and it is Lift Every Voice and Sing. 
Let's get into a couple of blues. Trouble in Mind is a vaudeville blues-style song written by jazz pianist Richard M. Jones and sung by uh, Thelma Lee Vizzo with Jones on piano. She first recorded that in 1924, but it was Bertha Chippy Hill who popularized the tune with her recording with Jones and trumpeter Louis Armstrong, although in this case he used a cornet. The song became an early blues standard. Here's Chippy Hill's version. Down in dark 
Trouble in Mind is a wonderful song. In 2020, the Blues Foundation inducted Hill's rendition of Trouble in Mind into the Blues Hall of Fame as a classic of blues recording. It was a hit for Nina Simone as well. The sense of pain and despair is counterbalanced by hope. I won't be blue always, for the sun will shine in my back door someday. Next, it was Georgia Stockade Blues, a pretty scratchy version from 1927 by Sarah Martin. Sarah Howley had said that um, the song is the definitive popular expression of the brutality of the Southern women's imprisonment. The turpentine farm that sets Martin's scene highlights one of the numerous industries that took advantage of a captive and overwhelmingly black labor force. Te reo irirangi o te tauihu o te waka Māori, Fresh FM, tauke! Now we're going to play um, another spiritual, I Shall Not Be Moved, by Charlie Patton. Like 
I shall not, I shall not be moved. I shall not, I shall not be moved. Like it to you, play the bad water. Oh, I shall not be moved. I shall not be moved. Great to hear that early version of that song because before it accumulated its layers of history. I love that version. I Shall Not Be Moved, also known as We Shall Not Be Moved, is an African-American slave spiritual hymn and protest song dating to the early 19th century. It was originally sung at revivalist camp meetings in the secular world as We Shall Not Be Moved, it became a protest and song of union for the civil rights movement. Charlie Patton was an American Delta Blues musician, considered by many to be the father of Delta Blues. Charlie Patton and his family moved around 1900 to the Dorsey Plantation, the Dockery Plantation, where he came under the influence of an older musician, Henry Sloan. In turn, Patton became the central figure of a group of blues musicians, including uh, Willie Brown, Tommy Johnson, and Sun House, who played around the local area. Because of its location, central to Sunflower County's black population, the plantation became known as a center for informal musical entertainment. By the mid-1920s, the group widened to include a younger generation of musicians, including Robert Johnson, Howling Wolf Burnett, and Pop Staples. Now that is some pretty big names in the blues and popular music pantheon. New Zealand On Air, supporting Fresh FM. Now finally to some jazz, let's listen to What Did I Do to Be So Black and Blue, sung by Ethel Waters, recorded in 1930, and we will follow that with Louis Armstrong, I'll Be Glad When You're Dead, You Rascal You, from 1931. Passing two by two And here am I Left high and dry Black and cause I'm black I'm blue All the race fellas Crave high yellows Gentlemen prefer them light I'm just another spade Who can't make the grade Looks like there's nothing But dark days in sight With a cold empty bed Springs hard as lead Pains in my head And I feel like old what did I do to be so black and blue? No joys for me, no company. Even the mouse ran from my house all my life through. I've been so black and blue. I'm white, but it's inside. So that don't help my case Cause I can't hide Just what is on my face Oh, sad and forlorn Life's just a thorn My heart is torn Oh, why was I born 
What did I do to be so black and blue? Just cause you're black, boys think you lack. They laugh at you and scorn you too. What did I do to be so black and blue? When I draws near, they laugh and sneer. I'm set aside, always denied. All my life through, I've been so black and blue. How sad I am. And each day the situation gets worse. My mark of ham. Seems to be a curse. Oh, how will it end? Can't get a boyfriend. Yet my only sin lies in my skin. What did I do to be so black and blue?
What did I do to be so black and blue is a 1929 jazz standard composed by Fats Waller with lyrics by Harry Brooks and Andy Rezaf. It was introduced in the Broadway musical review Hot Chocolates in 1929 by Edith Wilson. The show also included Waller and Rezaf's hit compositions Ain't Misbehavin' and Honeysuckle Rose. Louis Armstrong made his uh, Broadway debut as part of the show's pit band. Armstrong later uh, performed and recorded the song several times, omitting the opening verse. Blues singer Ethel Waters' 1930 version of the song became a hit, and the song has been recorded by many artists since then, especially, as I said, Louis Armstrong, for whom it provided another way at subtly digging at the racism of his audience. Fats Waller was an American jazz pianist, organist, composer, violinist, singer, and comedic entertainer. His innovations in the Harlem stride style laid the groundwork for modern jazz piano. Andy Razoff was born in Washington, D.C. His mother was Jenny Waller, no relation to Fats, daughter of J.L. Waller, the first African-American consul to Madagascar, and his father was the nephew of the Queen of Queen Ranavona III of Madagascar. The French invasion of Madagascar left his father dead and forced his pregnant 15-year-old mother to escape to the United States, where he was born in 1895. He and Fats worked a lot together. Harry Brooks is credited with co-authoring the music by some sources and the lyrics in others. Louis Armstrong was next with I'll Be Glad When You're Dead, You Rascal You, 1931. Armstrong and his band had been thrown in jail for running afoul of Jim Crow in Memphis. They were released on bail on the condition that they play a benefit concert. As a gesture often cited as Exhibit A for Armstrong's subtle anti-racist reputation, the benefit featured a version of I'll Be Glad When You're Dead, which Pops dedicated to the Memphis Police Department. During the civil rights era, Armstrong was a controversial figure among civil rights protesters, as he'd become viewed as establishment and accused of tomming for the white folks with his humor and stage persona. This has been disputed. Dizzy Gillespie had initially criticized Armstrong strongly, but ultimately admitted that his interpretation of Armstrong's tomming character was wrong, saying, if anybody asked me about a certain public image of him, handkerchief over his head, grinning in the face of white racism, I never hesitated to say I didn't like it. Later on, I began to recognize that I had considered that what I had considered Pop's grinning in the face of racism as his absolute refusal to let anything, even anger about racism, steal the joy from his life and erase his fantastic smile. Coming from a younger generation, I misjudged him. End quote. That's a very humble uh, retraction, I think. What is undeniable is that by being the best trumpeter in the world, Armstrong opened channels for everyone who followed him. Now we'll have another show tune from the 1933 musical, As Thousands Cheer. Supper Time was a popular song 
written by Irving Berlin, specifically for Ethel Walters, who we played um, previously. Time tells the story of a woman struggling to reconcile her daily routine with the news that her husband has been lynched and ain't coming home no more. It was the first Broadway show to give an African-American star, Ethel Waters, equal billing with the whites. Predictably, I suppose, the opening night was marred by an ugly incident. All too much in tune with the times, the stars Clifton Webb, Marilyn Miller, and Helen Broderick refused to take a bow with Ethel Waters. To his credit, 
everlasting credit, Berlin told the three that, of course, he would respect their feelings. Only in that case, there would not be any bows taken. They took their bows with Walters at the ne- at Waters with the next show. This is Fresh FM, and the show is Lift Every Voice and Sing on a beautiful, beautiful summer evening. The bourgeois blues, the bourgeois blues, was sung by American folk and blues musician. It was written in June um, 1937 in response to the discrimination and segregation that he faced during a visit to Washington, D.C. To record for Alan Lomax, John Lomax's son, it rails against racism, the Jim Crow laws, and the conditions of contemporary African Americans in the southern United States. He recorded it in 1939. Listen, yes, people, listen to me. Don't try to buy no home down in Washington, D.C., cause it's a bush down. the amazing original version of the Bourgeois Blues by Hootie Ledbetter. He can say it better than I can. When I first started uh, thinking about that song, I was surprised that he wrote it because most of the songs that I knew of his were not very political. It turns out that there has been discussion about um, how much help he did have, but he did write topical songs. For example, Scottsboro Boys, which I will be playing next time. 
And the story is that he was intrigued by the word bourgeois and wanted to write a song using it. Once again, John Lomax and his son Alan were intertwined with Ledbetter's life. Fresh FM The early and mid-20th century field recordings that John and Alan Lomax collected became a cornerstone of the folk revival. Many reveal the maps and codes that black rural southerners created to survive the nation's ongoing betrayal. The next song, shared by the father and son duo's favorite singer, Alabama native Vera Hall, bears witness to the destruction wrought by their prison system built to to contain black Americans after emancipation. Another man done gone Another man done gone From the county farm Another man done gone I didn't know his name 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 He had a long change on Another Man Done Gone. Um, Hall's spare verses recorded by John and Alan Lomax describe a man who escapes, is killed while on a chain gang. John Lomax heard something in Hall's woeful tune, or perhaps in her unrecorded conversation, that prompted him to play Another Man Done Gone in 1937 at the 75th anniversary commemoration of the signing of the Emancipation Proclamation. On April 30, 1945, two things happened. Adolf Hitler killed himself, and a woman named Sister Rosetta Tharp did something that no one else had ever done. She topped the secular R&B charts with her gospel song, Strange Things Happening Every Day. Every day, 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 every day,
Strange things happen in every day. She recorded that, Sister Rosetta recorded that in 1944 with Sammy Price, who be- and it became the first gospel song to make Billboard's top ten. According to one commentator, the song reflected her concerns regarding segregated society. Another source says strange things happen every day is a traditional African-American spiritual. I wasn't able to find out whether she wrote it or if it was a spiritual or what its real history was. If anyone can find out, text me on 0274-335020 or email me, Duncan, at animaldermatology.co.nz. Well, Sister Rosetta was born in 1915 or 1921. She was dodgy with her dates. She was unexpected. She challenged all kinds of norms. She dared to be gay or bisexual in a musical woman, in a musical world at that time when that world was almost solely occupied by men, usually white. Not only did she defy racial norms, but she began defying them decades before the civil rights movement. She stepped outside of accepted gender roles. Tharp was not even a conventional type of singer. Quote, in the 1940s, the big band, the big bands were hiring pretty girls with sweet voices to bob over their beats. Tharp fronted Lucky Millinder's raucous swing outfit with gutsy force. End quote. A National Public Radio article commented that rock and roll was bred between the church and the nightclubs in the soul of a queer black woman. The recording is considered by some to be a contender for the title of the first rock and roll record. Well, tonight we've been looking at some old times, pioneers in the history of recorded protest music, with a focus on black civil rights, witness and resistance, the right not to be lynched, incarcerated on a whim, kept in poverty, and so on. 
I had intended the next show to be a jazz protest for civil rights as it fits chronologically, but during this show's research, I've gotten interested in the early folk movement of the late 30s, 40s, which led to the full-blown folk revival of the 50s and 60s. And, of course, I have to deal with strange fruit, violence against blacks, and all that that entails. Some of you may have wondered why I didn't play Strange Fruit. I did include it, but I ran out of time, and it fits more completely into a show of its own. We'll go out tonight with Odetta's very powerful version of the song you just heard before, um, Sister Rosetta, another version of Another Man Done Gone from 1957. Odetta was was an American singer actress, guitarist, lyricist, and a civil and human rights activist, often referred to as the voice of the civil rights movement. And she was referred to by Martin Luther King as the queen of American folk music. And she leads us directly into the folk protest movement. Good night, everyone. See you in two weeks. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this podcast available by funding the Access Media Project. Other great podcasts from Fresh FM are available through the accessmedia.nz app or our website freshfm.net.